0: Welcome back to this week's Mindset Minutes episode on the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm your host, Steven Pescevento, and each week we cover mindset tips and investing strategies to help take your business to the next level, and this week we're focused on market selection, understanding what are the right markets for you to invest in, what are some of the key pieces that end up playing a role in that, and... Remember, join us each week as we share more mindset tips and investing strategies to help take your real estate investing career to another level so you can reach that financial independence. And you can do so by hitting that subscribe button down below and making sure you never miss another episode. And remember, if you haven't done so already, go grab the full Passive Investor Playbook, the ultimate guide on passive real estate investing at theinvestormindset.com slash passive. This guide is chalk full of great resources and great foundational pieces that we've been talking about for the last few episodes. And we're going to dive in deep today as well. You can get access to that, the 30, 40, 50 page document that is full of great information. You can get access to it right down below at theinvestormindset.com slash passive. Um, And without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Steven Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. In each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. So when it comes to market selection, there is some really, really important pieces that you're going to want to look for and you're going to look at. And you know, across the industry, everyone's got a little bit different of a take. But as a whole, these are some of the core three pieces that folks are looking for. And so these three primary variables help us identify what are the right markets to invest in, what are the right areas to invest in. And these three areas are population growth, job growth and income growth. So let's dive into each of them. So when we look at population growth, this is the primary factor for selecting a market. You know, we want to be looking at an area that's seeing consistent population moving upward and that, you know, people are wanting to move here, that this is a place that's got economic activity, that's drawing people in, that's affordable for folks to live in. And population growth is really, really important because it ends up playing into all the other things we're going to talk about here. Now, to be clear, it's possible to invest in areas where population is declining and still make a great return, but we typically want to stay away from places that are seeing a population decline. Usually it's a sign of some other bigger problem. Maybe it's a political problem. Maybe it's a location or area problem. Maybe there's some other kind of economic problem going on there. Um, If population's declining, there's usually something else that's going to really make us say, nope. Nope. Not here, not today. And we typically have a two-strike rule. If something doesn't, we, we, we always want to invest in places that have everything we want, but we definitely don't want to invest anywhere that has more than two strikes against it in any of those different Areas or selection. So, the second thing we like to look at is job growth with a diverse set of industries. So, I've really paired these two together, but they are different. So, we're looking to see that jobs are growing in that local market, that new jobs are becoming available, that those jobs are paying well, which we're going to talk about in a second here, and that we are seeing a diverse set of industries, right? Because growing supply and a lot of different employers means that we're going to have a high level of confidence that the tenants that we're going to place in those properties, the folks who are going to be working with us are going to be able to get a job and keep a job and stay employed because, you know, at the core, people need a home to live in and they're going to want to continue living there and paying rent as long as you put together a great place but they're going to need to make sure they have a job in order to afford that. So, it's really important we we definitely like to see markets that have a, a variety of different employers and you know, if you just think about from a story perspective, you think back in, you know, Houston back in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there's been a few bu- boom and bust cycles that have happened, right? In some of these big oil cities or some of the big tech cities, when a crash happens in an economy and the there's one set of employment that makes up the largest income earners and makes up a large percentage of those income earners, there's going to be some huge economic depression that happens in that local economy. And we want to uh, attempt to avoid that by making sure that, you know, that if one employer or industry goes down that there's many others to prop it up. So that good solid foundation is really, really key for us. The other key factor, which is something I was just referring to a minute ago, is seeing the median income growing. Right, so as people are working in better and more diverse jobs, and those jobs are growing, it's it's wonderful and it's important to see that that medium income growth is happening. Now, it's not always possible. You might be able to get three, you know, three or four of these things on our list here, but it's not always. Possible to see that we're able to hit it in every single place, but when we see medium income growing, we know that the folks that are living there are going to continue to be able to afford a more and more expensive uh, place, and that the cost of their living is is hopefully going to pace what the cost of inflation is. So we want to see that medium income growth growing so that we can continue to expect uh, the market rents to continue growing. And so, you know, when employers come in and they are high paying jobs or, you know, uh, you know, employer is able to offer, you know, great benefits and great stability to people, you know, we typically are able to see, you know, income uh, growth end up leading to rent growth. So two bonus factors here that I didn't mention at the beginning, but are really, really important uh, is understanding the supply. So when you're buying in an area and they've been developing lots and lots and lots of buildings or lots and lots of units in your specific class, then you know, you're know you going to see the supply grow. Well, we want to make sure that demand is in par with that supply so that we're not seeing an issue where there is too many units uh, in comparison with the number of people who are looking for them, so that's some of the things we're trying to avoid when we look at population growth, and you know we're making sure that new people are wanting to move into the area. But you want to see like how many new buildings are going to be being built in the next you know two to five years? What is currently scheduled? What is the permits saying is coming aboard? You can find that in places like CoStar um, and other services so you can usually ask your sponsor for some of that information. They they most likely have put that together. I know all the great ones that, that we work with definitely have. And so you're looking for that information so that you can understand, okay, well, if I'm in this C-class asset, I know that most likely it's going to be difficult for somebody to naturally uh, afford to build a property that's going to compete with that. So I'm most likely going to be insulated. But if I'm in an A-class, a really nice luxury asset, and I'm seeing lots of luxury assets popping up around the way, I want to make sure that, you know, the demand, and is still higher than supply, so that we can have a lot of assurance there. The other key piece right here is looking at crime rate. And crime rate is important for a couple reasons, but obviously people want to live in areas where there's low crime. And you know, high crime areas are going to drive away some of the tenants that we're going to be looking for. And usually it's also an indicator of other political issues or other problems that are going on within that community, right? So we want to be looking for places that are seeing a declining. Rate of crime in that specific submarket, as well as in the market as a whole. Now, crime is not something that says, hey, I will absolutely never invest in an area that has a growing crime rate. But usually it's going to be a red flag for us to look much deeper and make sure that every other piece of the puzzle is really fitting together well. Otherwise, we might just have to pass on that. So as we're looking at all these different pieces, they each have to fit together. It's not just about one. It's not just about two or three. It's about the entire view of what that market has going on. We want to look for markets that are strong economically, that have people who want to live there, that are seeing that growth happening um, across the board, in the jobs, in the industries, in the population, and, and declining on the crime side to make sure that we are buying in areas that are gonna to want to have tenants that are gonna to wanna to live there for the long term. So these are the things that you can look for. There's many others I highly encourage you to use this as a foundation to jump off of. And if you haven't, go make sure you grab yourself a copy of the Passive Investor Playbook, the ultimate guide on passive real estate investing, where we dive deeper into the topics we're talking about right here and continue to lay a good foundation for yourself. And as a jumping off point for you to go dive deeper and understanding how do you vet market and what are some of those specific metrics that you're going to look for in the markets that you're going to want to invest in. And you can do that, of course, right here at theinvestormindset.com slash passive. And we got that in the show notes down below. And, you know, I'll leave you as I always leave you with a reminder to take action, to go do great things and live a life worth inspiring others. And one of the ways that you can do that, and I say that wholeheartedly is by going out and applying some of the stuff that you're learning by going and practicing these skills and applying them directly in your business and your life and starting to set yourself up for that true financial independence that we all want and inspire other people to do the same because you know if we can all get a little bit closer to living the life we want to live think about how great of a world we would all be living in together so with that I want to remind you guys, if you've been listening for any amount of time, please, please, please help pass this along to other people. Screenshot the episode. Tell us what you loved about it and tag us on Instagram. We'll be sure to share it ourselves, uh, you know, on our feed as well. And head over to the slash Apple or your favorite podcasting app and go drop us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think and help us reach more people so we can kick off that iTunes algorithm so that they can share this with more people as well. So uh thank you guys so much. Love being able to serve. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out to me on any platform um, with any questions or any thoughts that you have about passive investing, you know, or any kind of investing. So we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to the investormindset.com to join the insider club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.